Turn with me, please, to Galatians. Galatians, the third chapter. In seeking the Lord about tonight and uh, this season, I uh, thought about preaching a, a single message. <laughs> see, see, you think that's funny, don't you? <laughs> what I was going to say, I already think that may not be the case. I, because as I got into it, I thought, hi, you're going to get all this in one night, you know. But we don't have to, right? Because uh, the place is paid for. <laughs> right? We, we can come back next week, and next week, and next week as the Lord helps us. And aren't we blessed? Aren't we? Are we blessed? I mean, all the uh, buildings, all the lands, all the equipments, even the new FLI, everything is paid for. The ministry has zero debts or obligations to anybody. Aren't we thankful for that? that? That is the goodness of the Lord. We are thankful. How many know the Lord never changes? He's no respecter of persons. If he'll do that for one church, he'll do it for another church. And then you are the church. Uh, that, that kind of thing is happening in your life personally. The Lord's bringing you to the best shape of your life. Thus far, you don't have to know how, just believe it and expect whatever is necessary to take place to make that happen. Galatians 3, would you turn there, please? I got stirred up about something here in Galatians 3. You may have it marked already. We'll see. But have you exhausted all the light and revelation in life out of any verse of Scripture? No, no. In uh, Galatians 3, 6 says, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. Now this will be mentioned again in just a few verses later that we are the seed of Abraham. In fact, just uh, look down at the, the end of the chapter in uh, verse 26, a few verses later. You are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. How many of you? Have faith in Christ Jesus. You have believed him. You have received him. As your Lord and master. Well then you are a child of God. By faith in Jesus. That's why you're a child of God. Because of your faith in Jesus. But you are. Now it's easy to say that. We've heard that phrase. But we have very little understanding of what that means. The angels are in awe of this. Of what God has made us. And the scripture says in 1 John. It does not yet appear. What we shall be. The world doesn't recognize us. Because it didn't acknowledge and recognize him. But when we will see him. We will be like him. Because as he is. So are we. In this world. Well what is he? He's the son of God. The son of God. What are you? You're a son of God. That's forever. That's eternal. And soon and very soon there will be no other kingdoms or nations on the earth. It will be the kingdom of God. And we will rule and reign with him. It's uh, father and sons. <laughs> That's male sons and female sons, father and sons. That's right. And keep reading. It says there is neither um, Jew, verse 28, nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. I told you it didn't matter. For, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. None of those things save you. And if you be Christ, are you? Yes. Come on, how many can raise a hand and say, I, I belong to Christ. If you be Christ, 
then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Come on, sit out loud. I am the seed of Abraham. <laughs> That's a big part of what the New Testament refers to as the mystery. The mystery of the gospel that nobody saw or knew. We are the seed of Abraham. Glory to God. Back up to verse 6. What, what does that mean to us? What does it mean to us practically now in this life? Verse 7. Know therefore that they which are of faith. Now not everybody is. Just those which are of faith. The same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen. That's what we used to be. Through faith. <laughs> Preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In you shall all nations be blessed. Now, we'll see more about this in just a moment, but did you hear the word gospel? And here, in describing what was preached to Abraham, it said, In you shall all nations be blessed. And that is called the gospel. The gospel. The gospel includes the blessing. Y'all with me, friends? The blessing. If you believe in God, that he's real. If you believe in the Bible, that the Bible is the true and inspired word of God. God's word, his word. There are two big things you should also believe in because it's all through here. You should believe in the blessing and the curse because you will see them all through here. We're going to see it here in just a moment. And of course, we're reading in the New Testament. Everybody said out loud, the blessing, the blessing and, the curse. and the curse. Which one you want? <laughs> with that, with that, we're barely into this, and you already know what you want. You don't want to curse. <laughs> you want the blessing. Well, a lot of people get to curse, and they they weren't necessarily asking for it, or, and yet more than they thought. But keep reading. In you, he said, shall all nations be blessed. So then, they which be of faith are what? Blessed with faithful Abraham. Well, we're already almost giving it away, aren't we? Because we already told you that you're Abraham's seed. And you're of faith. So according to this verse, you what? You are blessed with faithful Abraham. Hallelujah. Somebody say blessed, blessed, blessed. What, what does that mean? To a lot of people it means nothing. Blessing has devolved into a response after a sneeze. In most, many, I won't say most, many circles. And, um, and what do people believe is happening if you sneeze and they say, bless you. God bless you. What do they believe is happening when they say that? Nothing. Nothing. That's right. Nothing. Just a nice thought. Well, when God speaks, it doesn't mean nothing. Right? And when he blesses, it's not nothing. And when he blessed Abraham, it was not nothing. And we should get excited about that because that blessing... This will stir you up, make, make you want to go back and find out what he told Abraham. Is that right? Because that blessing belongs to us because of our faith in Jesus, even though many of us are not a natural seed of Abraham, yet because of our faith in Christ, his blessing is ours, the one he gave to him. You can go ahead and say, I'm blessed. With faithful, Abraham. with faithful Abraham. 
that blessing belongs to me. Praise God. This is worthy of meditation. Verse 9. Am I reading in the New Testament? Am I reading in the Bible? They which be of faith. You already said that was you. They are blessed. Not, not going to be. They are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. There's the curse. Well, is the curse as real as the blessing? Yes, it is. For it is written, cursed is everyone that continues not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that does them shall live in them. In the first covenant, you sought to avoid the curse by obedience to God's commands and God's statutes. If you came short, you offered sacrifices. Animal blood was shed to cover your sins. And in so doing, you could experience blessing and avoid the curse. Now, if you just didn't care about God and you didn't care what he said and you ignored, you didn't even try to obey, well, you're going to get the curse. And not the blessing. But nobody could keep the law perfectly. So Jesus had to come and fix it for us. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. And because of what he did, no longer are we to try to merit being righteous enough to be blessed because of what we do. We receive the blessing because of what he did. Oh, come on. Can you say amen? amen. Say it out loud. I'm not blessed, I'm not blessed by, what I do. by what I do. I'm blessed by what he did. And the good news on that is uh, when you come up short, you still don't have to be cursed. And you can still be blessed even though you hadn't been completely righteous by your works or by your deeds, you, you already acknowledged, I couldn't get that on my own. I needed help. And Jesus came and got it and did it. And so now, the greatest trade you ever made. <laughs> what am I talking about? Your curse for his blessing. Greatest, somebody say greatest trade. Greatest, greatest trade I ever made. Now look at verse 13. This is the one I was trying to get to. What does it say? Christ has. That's not going to. That's not in the process of. Hath. We'd say has. He has redeemed us. Now a lot of people stop right there. And they sing about it, and they shout about it, preach about it. But you need to read the rest of the verse. People say, well, I'm redeemed. Yes, you are, if you're, if you're a believer. But from what? People say, from hell. That's not what the verse said. You're saved from having to go to hell. Thank God. But you've got to watch about just grabbing the phrase out of a verse. How many understand if that's all it was needed, the Lord wouldn't have given us the rest of the verse. What exactly are we redeemed from according to this verse? We're redeemed from what? The curse of the law. Christ, not going to, not in the process of, he has already redeemed us from the curse of the law. The way it happened, he was made a curse. Now some translations say, he became accursed, but that's not exactly what the word is. This is correct. He was made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. That's a quote from the Old Testament. There. And he did 
hang on the tree. That's, that's why he died that way instead of another way. Because when he hung on the cross, he became sin with our sin. Well, the sin and disobedience and rebellion deserves the curse. And even though he had never sinned himself, he didn't sympathize or empathize with our sin. He became sin with our sin. That's 2 Corinthians 5.21. He became sin with our sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Was he really made sin with your sin? Then you've been really made righteous <laughs> with his righteousness. You can't have one without the other now. You'll hear people say, oh, I'm, I'm not righteous. I wouldn't say, well, then you're not saved. I'm saved. You can't have it both ways. The only way you could be saved is you received what he did for you. Amen. And what he did for you was to make you righteous. Amen. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. You didn't work up to it. He made you. He didn't commit sin any more than you committed righteousness. But he took it and became it. And when you received him, you received his righteousness. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. He received your and my sin at the cross. And when we received him as Lord, we received his righteousness. We received what he has done. The righteous should be blessed. Yes. It's the disobedient and the ungodly that deserve the curse. The righteous deserve no curse. Should not be cursed. Are you righteous? Come on, you need to answer that correctly. (laughs) Are you righteous? Yes. If you're a believer, if you're born again, you believe your sins have been washed away by the blood of the Lamb, your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. You're righteous, not based on what you did, based on what He did. But the righteous deserve no punishment. Before God. The righteous deserve no curse. Tell me again who you are. The righteous. Yeah. Then you should not be cursed. It's not right for the righteous to be cursed. It's not just. That's from the Lord. He gave me that this afternoon. It's not, it's not right for the righteous to be cursed. It's not just. Now, I don't even have to ask you because the enemy tries to do the same thing with all of us. He continually tries to bring to your remembrance your mistakes, your shortcomings, your failures, your sins. Right? Because if he can keep you in a state of condemnation and guilt and shame, he can get you to think you deserve the curse. Then when the curse shows up in your life, you think, well, (laughs) yep, (laughs) you know, I was kind of expecting it. (laughs) I've messed up so many ways. I've made so many mistakes. Yeah. Or when you need a blessing, a lot of times people won't even ask. They won't even try to receive it, you know, because I don't deserve it. Well, none of us deserve it. That's why Jesus had to come. Because none of us deserved it. None of us could earn it. But he bought it and gave it to us anyway. Will you receive it? You have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. The righteous should not be cursed. It's not just for the righteous to be cursed. The cursed is not for the righteous. And who are you? You're the righteous. If the curse is not for the righteous, what is for the righteous? What's, what's, (laughs) oh, you're pretty good on this. (laughs) The blessing, the blessing, the blessing, ooh, glory to God. 
Let me uh, draw your attention to something. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about that single message thing. <laughs> Let's talk about the, the power of the blessing just a little bit. Go to Leviticus 25, please. Leviticus 25, what is the blessing? The blessing is absolutely amazing is what it is. It's, it's what you want. <laughs> 24-7 is what you want. And because of what the Lord has done for us, he expects us to have it. It's supposed to be manifesting in our life. Unless the enemy can convince us of lies. And that's one of the principal ways he steals, kills, and destroys is through deception, through lies. It matters what you believe. It matters what you think on. It's life and death, both naturally and eternally. In Leviticus, the 25th chapter, the 18th verse, this is part of the statutes of the Lord that he gave them. He said, uh, you'll do my statutes and keep my judgments and do them and you'll dwell in the land in safety. Keep going. And the land shall yield her fruit and you'll eat your fill and dwell therein in safety. Now, you'll see that um, he's talking in the next chapter, goes into great detail. This is a companion chapter to Deuteronomy 28, talking about the blessing and the curse. So he's talking about right now blessing and curse, and how many can see what, which one he's talking about right now? Blessing. The land will yield her fruit. It's because of the blessing. You'll eat your fill because of the blessing. You'll dwell therein in safety because of the blessing. Provision, fruitfulness, safety is in the blessing. Keep going. And if you say, what shall we eat the seventh year? Behold, we'll not sow nor gather in our increase. Now he had told them to let the land rest on the seventh year. In keeping with what he told them about resting the seventh day. You work six days, but you don't do any kind of work on the uh, Seventh, And it wasn't just about recreation, it was about no work, none. And he wanted them to do the same thing with the land for a whole year. Work the land, plant your seed, get in your crops, six years. But the seventh year, don't even go out and plant in the spring. Now you got to remember, this is before the days of canning and refrigeration. I mean, your survival the next year depends on a good crop this year. And so when the Lord tells you, don't even plant a crop the seventh year, don't, don't even go out to the field. <laughs> don't break up the land, don't plant it, don't do a thing. Do you reckon any alarms went off in people's minds and they thought, what, what, what are we going to eat, right? What are we going to eat? Now notice, verse 21. Then I will command my blessing on you in the sixth year and it will bring forth fruit for three years. <laughs> Do you, do you want some of this blessing? Which I hear. Woo! He said, I'll, I'll command some blessing on you in the sixth year, and you'll make triple what you normally make. What would enable you to do that? The blessing. The blessing. It'll bring forth fruit. For three years. Everybody say three years. Three years. Verse 22. And you'll sow the eighth year. So you skipped a year. 
And you'll eat of old fruit until it comes in the ninth year. You talk about a vacation. This is a nice, a nice break. <laughs> Take the whole year off. Don't work at all. Don't need to. Because God blessed you last year. You got enough for three. Oh, somebody say glory to God. You'll sow the eighth year and eat of old fruit till the ninth year. Till her fruits come in, you'll eat of the old store. You made so much in the sixth year that you still got it until the ninth year. (laughs) Now, did God forget how to do this? Help me out, saints. Does he not interested in this anymore? Did he change his foot? He changes not. How many know the scripture? He does not change. He does not change. Our covenant has changed with him. He has not changed. Perfection doesn't need to change. He has always been the blesser. And he has always brought increase and success by the blessing. Hallelujah. Always has, always will. And so, his intention is that we learn how to listen to him and follow his spirit. And if we do, the blessing of the Lord makes rich. And he adds no sorrow or grief to it. And the Lord has actually said this to me through me sometimes in ministering by the Spirit to others, to another ministry I'm thinking of right now. The Lord had me speak to them by the Spirit that they would have much more with much less work. Well, that's exactly what happened here, isn't it? I mean, they had three times the results and didn't even work for a whole year following. We've got to watch about thinking when we need something that I need to get another job. Now, you need to work. Don't misunderstand me. You don't need to just lay around all the time and do nothing, but you've got to watch. You see, people sometimes they already got two jobs and they think, well, I need something else. I've got to get another one. No, you don't. No, you don't. What you need <laughs> is the blessing manifested in your life in a greater measure and greater degree. Hallelujah. And it'll take the pressure off of you. It'll free you up. Who knows? You could be taking a year off. If God could do it then. Should I think about that? <laughs> You'd be okay if I disappear for a year? No, okay. You don't like that. <laughs> you like it for you, though, right? You like it, you like it for you, just not <laughs> Oh, somebody say, glory to God. Glory to God. The curse and the blessing are real. In Proverbs 3.33, it says the curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked. But he blesses the habitation of the just. You don't really want a sign in your house that says, God bless this house. You want a sign that says, this house is blessed. Are y'all with me? Because just pleading, and you don't know or convinced if it is or if it's not, hoping it might be sometime, when you're going to believe that it is. No, you can say this with confidence. Are you the justified in Christ? You already told me you've been made righteous. That's a different way of saying the same thing. Then could you quote a scripture and say, he blesses my habitation. I don't have to beg for it. I don't have to try to earn it or deserve it. He blesses me. My place is blessed. 
When this little plane, I just showed you the picture, it, and it came in the other day. We were going out on a trip, and I walked by it, and I said, y'all come gather around, the guys that were going with us, and we laid hands on it. I called it blessed. Amen. It's a blessed plane. Amen. It'll serve us well. All the days we have it. It'll even be a blessing to the next people that get it, because it was blessed while it was with us. And, you know, it's a machine. It needs some things. You've got to take care of it. You've got to maintain it. But we don't have to have problems and failures Amen. like cursed stuff does. Amen. When you've got something that breaks down every other week, that's not the blessing. Are you all with me, friends? That's not the blessing. But it's just one thing after another after another. No. When the blessing is on your shoes... You can wear them for 40 years. Am I quoting scriptures enough? Is that right? The Israelites, is that right? And they're out in a hot, dry desert too, where things tend to dry out and crack and, and come apart, and, and their clothes didn't wear out, and their shoes didn't wear out. How in the world can that be? How can that be? Same way you can get three years results in one. Same year. God said, I'm going to command my blessing on that year. And you'll get three times what you normally get. You won't need to do anything severative. Hallelujah. Do we need to know more about the blessing? Do we need, need to think more about it? Talk more about it? And instead of begging for the blessing, we need to believe what the scripture says. That by faith in Christ, we have become the seed of Abraham. Right? And how many believe Abraham was blessed? Was he? Have you read about it? Did this blessing do anything for him? Oh. Made him the richest man in the country. He was very rich. Silver and gold and cows and camels and sheep and on and on. But that wasn't the only thing. He was protected. Everywhere he went, he got amazing victories and even had the desire of his and Sarah's heart when he's, you know, both of them's in, in their 90s, got the desire of their heart of a child. What the blessing will do for you if you'll stay with him. It'll just keep working in your life and nothing is impossible to those that believe. Can you say amen? amen. Glory to God. Who's blessed? I want to hear an I. I. I am the blessed of the Lord by faith in Jesus. The blessing is on me. Blessing is in me. The blessing is on me. And I'm a blessing everywhere I go. I leave a trail of blessing. I leave a wake. It should be so that when people meet you, they're the better for it. You don't come and rain on their parade because you're depressed. You don't mess up their day. But you're able to come. You bring joy. You bring light. You bring life. You put money in their hands. Come on, are you with me? I'm serious. You just, you just leave a trail of blessing. Surely, goodness and mercy. Follow me all the days. That sounds like a wake. That sounds like, right? All the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm blessed now. I'm blessed tomorrow. I'm blessed forever. But there are different degrees of the manifestation of the blessing. Keep reading in, in Galatians 3 there. Let's keep reading. And we are at verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Is this curse real? If not, what did Jesus do? Why did he have to do this? This curse is real. And it's, it's powerful. This curse 
is throughout the whole earth. That's why you see, you know, all the death. The wages of sin is death. The, the penalties for rebelling against God and ignoring and disobeying all his commands is, this, is the curse. Cursed will you be when you go out, when you come in, in your basket, your store, etc., etc., etc. Opposite of what the blessing is. And uh, there are so many bad things going on in the earth. But it's not God's perfect will. It's because of man's choice to ignore him. But if you'll receive what Jesus did, you are no longer cursed. Because he took it. He took it for everybody. But the only ones that will experience it are the ones who believe it and receive it for themselves. But you, we must get strong about this not deserving the curse. Because the enemy is a thief. He's an outlaw. He's a killer. He's a destroyer. If he can, he will work any kind of destruction and curse that he can in your life if you allow it. If you let it. But if you will believe and receive and stand up for what you got and resist him. What did the scripture say would happen if you resist this destroyer and killer? He'll have to flee. What if you don't resist him? Oh, he'll stay. And what, what does he do? He only comes to do, Jesus said, do those things. Steal. Kill. Destroy. That's, if you read the curse in Deuteronomy 28, that's what it is. Things being stolen from you. Things being destroyed in your life. Killing. That's what it is. The wages of sin is death. Death. But Christ has redeemed us from this death. From the curse of the law. He did it when he was made a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. That's us. We were no covenant, nobodies. But he has made us somebodies. He has in him. The blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Have you received Jesus? Have you received his spirit? Yes. You know what else you received when you did that? The blessing. The blessing. You know what you lost? The curse. The curse. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm no longer under the curse. Even though it's rampant throughout the earth. I'm no longer under the curse. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm no longer under the curse. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. What does that mean? What, what, get, what did God do to those crops that would make them produce three times a normal harvest? What, what did he do to that? He said he blessed it. <laughs> well, this is a lot more than just God bless you when you sneeze. Right? What, what did he do? It's through words. The blessing, God releases the blessing through words. And his power is his power to prosper, his power to increase, his power to protect, his power to succeed is in the blessing. Hallelujah. <laughs> and when this is on you and in your life, it enables you to do things you could not do otherwise. It enables things to happen and produce at levels they could not produce at. And this pleases God. He's the God of increase. I mean, when he created Adam and Eve, he spoke blessing on them. 
to be fruitful and multiply and replenish and fill up the earth. When because of man's sin, the, the flood took him away, except for Noah and his family. He did it again. He spoke over them. Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill up the earth. This is not just a little word of encouragement. This is empowerment. This is enablement. Oh, somebody say glory to God. It's empowerment. It's enablement. Thank you, Lord. You know, I was conscious of this. We had our uh, child presentation. And uh, we didn't just go through the motions to do that. Now, it was not a ritual. I was so conscious at different times of those little children receiving. I was so conscious of that. I mean, one after another, I'd take them up in my arms and they'd just kind of collapse into my neck. And just receive. I'd, I'd say, you know, and Phyllis would have her hand on them, and we'd say, you know, be blessed, be kept by the power of God, be increased. And you'll notice that's the language, the reason I use that, because that's the language God uses be. Did you hear that? Be fruitful. Be. And uh, I mean, that's how He created the heavens and the earth. Have you seen that? Light. Be. Be. And uh, there's power in the blessing to heal. When you say be healed. Be loosed. Be delivered. Be set free. Hallelujah. When that's done by the Spirit. It's not just an intellectual encouraging phrase. It's a spiritual enablement and empowerment. And little ones, you know, they hadn't learned how to doubt yet. Their spirit's already alive to God. When they sense the anointing, they're familiar with it. They just, they soak it up. It's glorious. It's wonderful. And so that's part of what we were doing was speaking blessing based on the precedent of what Jesus did. You know, the little children, they, they brought them to him. The parents were bringing them, bringing them. And the disciples said, no, you can't. You're bothering the master. He said, no, you leave them alone. Let them come. And he took them up in his arms and hands and blessed them. Well, you reckon that made any difference in that child's life? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And we today, all of us now, by faith in Jesus, have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. We've been made the sons of God. Actually, the scripture says we've been made joint heirs. Amen. Joint. <laughs> joint heirs didn't earn any of it, didn't deserve any of it, but he gave it to us anyway. If we have enough faith to receive it, gave it to us anyway. Joint heirs with Christ. Is he blessed? Yes. How blessed is he? Well, how blessed are you? You're a joint heir. Hmm. We, we hadn't grasped all of this. But it would do us good to hear about it. Shout about it. And talk about it. Let's read it again. I'm, I'm going to read this to you from another translation. In the Weymouth translation. Verse 13. Galatians 3.13. Weymouth. Christ has purchased our freedom. From the curse of the law. By being a curse for us. Because cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. The New Living says. Christ has rescued us. From the curse. Pronounced by the law. Now eventually I believe we're going to. We're going to just go back to Deuteronomy 28. And camp there. Because. If you can find it in the curse. What's the good news? Come on help me out. If it's in there, you don't have to have it. You're not supposed to have it. In fact, it's not just for the righteous to be cursed. The devil has no right. No right. No right. Now you need to tell him where to get off. You need to know it. Not be mealy-mouthed about it. And resist him. Steadfast in the faith. 
And if you do so, what did the scripture say? He has to go. He'll flee. That's what the scripture said. He'll flee. He'll flee. Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it's written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who's hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Thank you, Lord. The Weiss translation says it like this. Christ delivered us by the payment of ransom from the curse of the law by becoming a curse in behalf of us. Hallelujah. God's word just says it like this. Christ paid the price to free us from the curse that God's laws bring by becoming cursed instead of us. He purchased our freedom. He rescued us. He ransomed us. He delivered us. What? From what? From the curse of the law. Do you know that poverty and lack is in Deuteronomy 28? Did you know that sickness and disease of every kind is there in Deuteronomy 28 in that curse of the law? Did you know that any kind of mental anguish and problem and fear and distraction and depression is in that curse in Deuteronomy 28? If it's in there. I've done this for years. If something's trying to bug me, and because I had the privilege of teaching this, a lot of times I've, I've looked at some of these things in different translations, and it's, it's a good study in what is actually mentioned. I mean, the flu is in there. Tumors are in there. I mean, infections of every kind, inflammation, genetic problems, things inherited. I mean, the list goes, I mean, they're named specifically. And then in case anything was left out, one verse says, every disease that's not named <laughs> is, is part of that curse. And so I'll, I, you know, if I needed to, I'll say according to Deuteronomy 28, you know, whatever the verse is, such and such is part of the curse of the law. According to Galatians 3.13, I've been redeemed. From the curse of the law. Is that right? Therefore it has no right to be on me. It has no right to stay. I resist it. In Jesus name. And the Bible said let the redeemed. Of the Lord. Say so. This is one of the big things. The Bible said we have the same spirit of faith. According as it is written I believed. Therefore have I spoken. We also believe. Therefore we speak. If you don't believe it enough to say it boldly, you just don't believe it. This blessing, and the curse too, was released through words. And the blessing is received through words. Come on, can you see it? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say what? Say what? I'm redeemed. Redeemed from what? The curse of the law. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm redeemed from poverty. I'm redeemed from experiencing lack. I'm redeemed from not having enough. Go somebody say I'm redeemed. I'm, I'm redeemed from not being able to pay my bills. I'm redeemed. Now see if you'll receive condemnation and guilt and shame and talk about all your mistakes and all the bad things you've done, you'll think, well, you know, I probably don't deserve any better than this. And when bad things happen, well, you know, it is what it is. And I know I've missed it in so many ways. Then you're not saying you're redeemed. You don't believe it. You're not convinced. You're accepting the curse that you should not have. But the truth Help me out. Now the truth will make you free. And the truth is Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Oh, praise God. I've been redeemed. 
from financial lack and problem. I've been redeemed from pain and disease and problem. I've been redeemed from mental anguish and emotional. I've been redeemed from everything that's in the curse of the law. And it didn't stop there. That was verse 13. What's, what's verse 14 say? So that. Come on, you got to put it up. We, we, uh, we'll close with this. Verse 13. What does it say? I want, you to, I want you to put me in there. Christ, read it with me. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law, being made a curse for me. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. That's not the end of the sentence. You see that? That's, a, that's not the end. Verse 14. That, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Who's that? Me, me, me. Through Jesus Christ that we, who's that? Me, I, I might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The curse has no place in my life. It has, it has no right in my life. The righteous should not have the curse. They, they don't deserve the curse. It's not right. Because as we'll see, if you read you know, Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28, part of the, the heads of tribes stood on one mountain, part of the tribes stood on the other mountain, and, and they declared, if you obey God, if you keep his statutes, if you do what he says, all these blessings will come on you. You'll be blessed when you go out. Now, let me just stop. What does that mean you'll be blessed when you go out? It means when you get up and leave the bed and walk through the house, when you walk out the door, you're, you're walking in something. Something is on you. Something is around you that goes before you, that comes behind you. It's something that enables you, something that strengthens you, something that makes you smart, something that makes you aware, something that's dealing with people to give you favor before you get there. Come on, can you see? Something that's protecting you while you go and prospering you and causing you to have good success. You're not cursed. You're not cursed. You don't make forward a step and get knocked back too. No. It's not always something else happening. Can you see how the devil's programmed people to expect a curse? Yeah, well, when's the other shoe going to drop? I, I knew it was going too good. We, in the pavilion, when we were building that, the Lord helped us so much. In the beginning, I, I got it in my heart, Phyllis did too, that we, that we could have it before the fall social. Well, there are a number of things that looked like that that was not going to happen, not going to work. But we've been there before. And so we just, we're, we're counting on something to help us. We're not just relying on our smarts or our, our people's smarts or our, their hard work. Thank God for all that, but we know we need more. We need more than that. And we have it. We have it. And so, as it was going, it was just going supernaturally well and fast. And some of our guys were involved with some of the people that, that brought the timbers and stuff, and they were saying, man, this is going good. Man, we'll be, we'll be done. Our guys were talking like that. One of the guys said, shh, 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 quit. You'll jinx us. <laughs> Not our guys. But they, Quit, you'll jinx us. And they said, mm, they had to explain to them, we don't do jinx. Right. <laughs> well, now here's somebody, I don't know if they even believed in God or not. But what do they believe in? What? Jinx is another word for what? See, they, they, they're thinking, well, you know, don't you know, mess up our luck. This ain't luck. This is not luck. When, when things go smooth and you have no problems, 
Something's going on. Come on, can you see that? You got, I had the Lord tell me a number of years ago, he said, Keith, I'm helping you much more than you know. How many know that's got, that's got to be true, right? I'm helping you much more than you know. What is that? That's another way of saying my blessing's working in your life. Praise God. My blessing's working in your life. Is anybody thankful for the blessing? I mean, the reason things have gone as well as they have has been because of the blessing. Even when we hadn't been fully cooperating, God's been merciful to us because he knew what we didn't know. And if we're at least trying to do something and, and, and cooperate with him, then you got it manifesting to a degree. But how about let's get all the hindrances out of the way. How, how about let's quit believing lies, right? And let the full blessing be manifested in our lives. Oh, somebody say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Stand on your feet if you would. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. I am confident that in this teaching there will be numerous, numerous healings manifested. Hallelujah. You, you don't have to heal yourself. You can't heal yourself. And don't let the enemy bother you about symptoms or things that you've had to deal with. Condemnation is your enemy. What you do want to come to believe is even though it may be there and symptoms there and you have to deal with some things, it does not have a right to be there. You've been redeemed. And we can get a hold of this to a degree that it no longer has place in our lives. So close your eyes. Focus on him. Put one hand on your body. Actually put both of them. Put, put, put both hands on your body. Said out loud. Thank you Father God. For redeeming me. From all the bad things. That are part of the curse of the law. Thank you. For making me fit. And meet. And able to be blessed and to receive the blessing and experience the blessing. I declare it right now. I am the redeemed of the Lord and I say so. And I declare the curse has no right, has no place in my life, in my finances, in my body, in my mind, in my marriage, in my family, in my ministry. Satan, I resist you. You have no right. For I am redeemed from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We resist everything in the curse. We resist every bad thing and evil thing that's in the curse of the law. We resist it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And we confess that the blessing is working in our lives. Lift up your hands and say, I'm blessed. I receive the blessing. The full blessing of Abraham belongs to me. The full blessing of Jesus Christ. The full blessing of the gospel belongs to me. I receive it. I believe it. It's on me. It's in me. It's around me and works for me continually. Hallelujah. Just thank the Lord. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We bless you. We give you glory. 
We thank you. 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 We thank you.